Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Oh, lead us in, Xander. Lead us in. <laughs> when Wesley's got to take a big test, it's the return of Grump Picard. He's grumpy and hates kids. And also, Jordy's in a pickle. <laughs> that is exactly what it says on Memory Alpha, word for oh, word. Wow. How to do how Good call on I that. have the whole thing memorized. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's the Samaritan snare. Here's what the official thing says. Well, official, unofficial. Right. Picard must undergo a serious medical procedure while the crew deals with a ship, which lures the Enterprise away in hopes of stealing its technology. What a pickle. Uh, Picard really didn't want you to read that first part. Yeah. He doesn't oh want anyone gosh. to know about this medical procedure. <laughs> It'll make him look weak. Super self-conscious about his achy, breaky heart. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is an interesting parallel because the most recent episode of Discovery dealt a little bit with this as well. Um, part of being a captain is the image that you project to the rest of the crew. Sure. That's really a big part of it. You know, how you react in situations, how the crew sees you and depends on you, um, whether it's terrified of you or respectful of you or on your, in your corner. It kind of makes me wonder about singular leadership in the future anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, is the idea of a captain and one person being in charge going to gonna continue in human history for a whole long time? Like, I feel like more and more there are, like, governing bodies or groups of people that are in charge of things. Like, even on, even on like, the International Space Station or a lot of space missions, there, there tends to be, like, someone, quote, unquote, in charge. But everybody's kind of in charge. They are a group dynamic. So Decision I was wondering about committee. this. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, this is the one thing about Star Trek that's still a little, well, not the one thing. This is one of the many things that's still a little old fashioned of like this bravado of being the leader and what the leadership role means amongst the crew. And I still like that we have it, but like it's it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit hard to reconcile, right? Well, I think that you have just touched on the theme of Star Trek because constantly it's just proving whether it's Kirk or Picard or Janeway or whatever, they always have a committee of people. They always have the discussions around the conference table, but it all comes down to who's gonna tell us go, who's gonna say mm. engage, who's gonna say make it so, and those are the people that take the risks and they also are the ones who are held accountable for the things that go wrong because you can't blame the committee, essentially. You have to have mm -hmm. somebody that can say, I need to make the tough calls in these tough situations and be held accountable for my actions. And that is decided by committee as well, who becomes mm -hmm. a captain. Right, there, there's an interesting point there, because what is the ultimate way to rule or what is the ultimate democracy? Because you do need a decision to be made. Mm -hmm. And if it's just, Otherwise, unanimous is the only way to move forward then nothing happens you end up like as with some you know corporate board run corporations i know japan has a big culture of decision by committee mm -hmm. and is it is it better like hi hierarchical structure is so problematic but at some point you do need someone to make a decision mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well at the end of the day you do have the prime minister so you know while there is a, f a focus on decisions being made uh, by committee, ultimately it can come down to someone making a decision. 
This feels like the proper time to tell you both that I have found one impression I can actually do. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan? <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Mm, thank you. That's it. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Shinzo Abe, you got it. <laughs> I don't even think he's the Prime Minister anymore. <laughs> So let's begin this episode in chronological order. Then we'll get uh, various Picard quotes in here provided by Becca. Um, Mm. So (laughs) Wesley is prepping for a big exam. It sounds like he's is he retaking the Starfleet Academy exam or brushing up on his studies? That was kind of unclear to me. It seems like this is the redo of what we had seen before. Mm -hmm. Uh, He Mm -hmm. talks about the competitiveness of the other candidates and things Mm -hmm. like that. So. I think the assumption is that he just needs to get through this to be actually in for college credit. Yeah, so he's <laughs> a little nervous about that, but seems like he knows his shit. Like he's Did got we it even down. find out if he passed by the end of the episode? Because they skim over that. Well, they, they mention it, which is, again, why I asked this question. Because, yeah. Becca, what they say in the end is that they have determined that he is still allowed to be on board the Enterprise and serve in the capacity. So but he wasn't picked to be the one person that gets into the Academy because – Last time he took the test, it was to get into academy study, and yep. he didn't get it. Yeah. And there was so much emphasis put on that procedure and what he could and couldn't get, and then it was completely dropped for this episode. And I imagine that was because of time. It's like we we put Wesley in the shuttlecraft to give Picard the backstory stuff that he could tell somebody. We didn't put Wesley in the shuttlecraft because we want to go on his story. It's right. really about Picard. So yeah. he was more of a plot device in this, unfortunately. But I hear that, Becca. I was wondering that, too. I was like, so what happened? But no. He just well, uh, we he don't want him enough. to leave the ship, so I guess we want him to fail the test. I, I think he got a pass-fail situation, so he passed but didn't get an A, which a member only one person can get in when four people are doing the mm. antimatter conversion test. Right, right. One, he just keeps two, messing it up. One. <laughs> the is that what it is? Is it one? Hold on. Let me write this down. Yeah. <laughs> you, can you slow down? Colin. This whole time. One. Mm-hmm. Now, colon has the two periods, or is that the comma one? It's the <laughs> vertical two periods. Vertical. T- oh, vertical. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking semi. Yeah, I have done ellipses. one ellipsis and then wrote out one. <laughs> sure. Um, that's, okay. That ratio is going to be a little off. <laughs> <laughs> but just to so. Be- uh, while while Wesley's getting ready for the test prep, boy, Picard's getting ready for something he doesn't want to confront, which Pulaski lays out for him. is like, you've got to get this procedure done. And she doesn't say what it is, I don't think, in that. No, she does not. Yeah. I thought, because it's related to image, mm. Botox question mark? <laughs> <laughs> it really, like, I don't, I, I have no problem with, uh, like, uh, any looks or anything, especially because Picard is such a dashing uh, individual. But, like, I was like, is this a hair transplant reference of some sort? He's like, you got to do it. He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> oh. And, but no, I, I also knew what it eventually was. And I was glad yeah. they did. Again, they kind of left a little bit of mystery for us. So, Becca, what did you, you thought? <laughs> did you actually, I mean, I don't, you didn't think it was actually Botox, but, like, uh, did you so have cosmetic. any inklings? I knew it was a. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't really matter what the procedure yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's more it's about device. his bravado, about not wanting people to know. He has weakness. Uh, or you know, treatment for erectile dysfunction or something. Why is sure. he so embarrassed? Yeah. <laughs> In happens. the twenty fourth century, everybody has ED. It's fine. That's Space not fine. does they that. They need to see what kind of radiation is coming yeah, in. Something's wrong. Stay away from the antimatter. <laughs> I knew it had bad side effects. <laughs> 
I'm like turning into the bozos behind you, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of bozos, as Picard and Wesley realize they're going to have to take a road trip together, we get a distress call from uh, some. I don't a know. distressed ship. Who are these mm. people? They're the Packleds. The Packleds. Their ship is called yeah. the Mondor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And they're broken down and they need a little bit of help. But we were so eager to do this survey of the Pulsar. Oh, darn it's it. a big I thing thought it to was miss. gonna be Yeah, it was a big red herring. I thought it was gonna be like a beautiful star. Yeah blow up thing yeah we were all ready to do some surveying but unfortunately we got to go help these uh broken down folks (laughs) (laughs) and also get picard off to starbase 515 yes oh you know what i did think it crossed my mind since he's not gonna let pulaski do it and he's Mm. very firm on that Mm. he might be a never nude he is wearing jean shorts underneath his uniform Mm -hmm. at all times that's what i thought that's That's what what i picard Pole is it's to yeah. adjust the jean shorts underneath. <laughs> exactly, he's got a full jean uniform under there. Wait, why did you think this was his issue? Because because Pulaski didn't mention it. He was shy. He didn't. It's want a to reference be... to Arrested Development. No, I, I get what. Arrested... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why did you think he had that? Because she wouldn't say. Therefore, you assumed Never Nude was your first guess. Why does he not want Pulaski specifically mm. to do his surgery? Got it. Got it. Yeah. I we think find it's... out later it's because hot goss, but right. really, it would have been subtler had you just slipped into the med bay, asked everybody except Pulaski to not be present, than to go on a 12 hour round trip that everybody's going to know boy. about. Yeah. Everybody knows the captain's not on board. I mean, can I just say, throughout the whole thing, I have a big old note. Pulaski's the best. We can <laughs> all agree. Why? Just because she. Not, do we want like, to get into this right now? She's bending over backwards for some vanity thing that the captain has when she is the person that is most capable of doing this surgery directly mm. available to him on she his vessel. She didn't mention vessel. that, did she? And she did not. No. Because <laughs> she didn't want to drop that humble brag. <laughs> but she's like, she said, I can do it. And he's like, no, no, not you. Uh, I literally wrote the book on this too, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a little OP because if she, given all we know about Pulaski and how she was dissing him about the ego thing, she really should have put her foot down. Be also because Picard was nervous about the less than three percent chance of the surgery going wrong. Spoilers: mm. yeah. it goes wrong. Yeah. And you if mean he they was won't get home about, in time for dinner? Yeah, Those why surgeons. wouldn't you have the very best surgeon perform your surgery when she literally is already working for you? <laughs> yep. Wait, you don't like that she made that decision? Or that you, you wanted her to put her foot down to force him to be there? She should have been stricter. I think there's some holes in logic yes. that of uh, why he didn't have Pulaski do the surgery. So I tell you something, Becca... If you were now promoted to acting captain of a vessel, and your captain mm-hmm. is off on a mysterious journey with the chosen child, uh, and you come across this <laughs> this the mayday, chosen child. <laughs> well, uh, would you react in a similar way that Riker did, or what would you do in this scenario? Just yell at them mm. and Listen send your best Deanna officer Troy. out, despite your security officer's warnings. And then when your counselor comes mm. on board and says, no, these are vicious people. They are malicious. Get him back. Okay, listen I would to say, her. no, 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 no. 
I love away missions, and I'm not going to take this from Jordy. <laughs> I am just going to yell at them eventually, which is what he does instead of calmly taking a note from Picard's book mm-hmm. and responding in a, a diplomatic way. He just starts yelling through the view screen, yep. and that's the Riker way. Yeah, the the Riker playbook was a uh, total failure today. Like yeah. this episode, <laughs> he did everything wrong. Even I noticed one one body choice that uh, he made was like when uh, during a very tense situation where they're still waiting to find out if Jordy's okay. Like they cut back to the Enterprise and Riker's just got his legs crossed in the captain's chair, just leaning back, chill. waiting for news. It's like you caused this problem. Worf <laughs> warned you. Troy warned you. Jordy said I'll do it, and look where he's at now. Listen, Jake. Okay, well, Jake, look in your playbook and tell me the two options you have in any situation. <laughs> so seduce them or go over yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And he chose be horny, and you yeah. got to do that. It's it's all about image when you're the acting captain. It's a vibe you got to give off. You're like, yeah, panicking inside, horny on main, outside. There you go. Living that Riker life. It was like, well, this is another TV slash like Star Trek uh, convolutedness of like, they were really demeaning to those guys when they first yes. met them. They were very rude to them of like, yes. uh, oh, what, what a rubber band break or like, yeah. you know. Okay. That was a Jordy diss and yeah. I wrote yeah. it down because it was such a zinger and also <laughs> seemed a little harsh. It was. Well, let's describe them for people who maybe forgot. These are um, white men little overweight <laughs> sure or very overweight and by white we're uh, talking like near data white right data white yeah. yeah well okay and the actors too uh, with like sad droopy clown makeup and yes. really limited linguistic capabilities mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. repeating the same yeah. things over and over we mm-hmm. need things to make us go mm-hmm. right and eyebrows fashion. that make them look very clown-like. I wouldn't have described it as clown-like until you said that. Now I totally see it. Like the tragic mm-hmm. clown. And like the yeah. exaggerated features. Like they they cast actors that all kind of look alike that have a receding hairline and are a, a, a little more jowly as well. And they kind of all already did have like a similar look to them before they put the makeup on them. So I thought that was a great choice actually. But yeah, they're kind of – how do you summarize them? You, it's hard to, right? Dumb. Yeah, dumb. which is not a fair D-U-M dumb. way to summarize a species. <laughs> right. But that is kind of all we've kind of given is they're, they're kind of dim, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and what we... we start to learn is that they advanced before they evolved because they started stealing technology to get where they got. And that's why. So the huge issue of this episode, another huge mistake Riker makes is he says when Worf urges caution, he says it is our duty to give them aid, and it's absolutely not. It is your duty <laughs> to observe them mm. and to not interfere. It's the prime ah. directive. Well, well, are they pre-warp? That's the difference. Yes. Well, the difference is they're spacefaring. Uh, if they have technology that we can repair, that we're not giving them better technology, that's the difference that they have to sort of sift through. This, I think this they is a, said uh-huh. uh, that their vessel is light speed right. capable when they met, but not warp speed capable, is right. my understanding. I think spacefaring is uh, because the if they're a planet-based species that is unaware of um, other life, 
in the in the galaxy that is one barrier to cross but they're spacefaring they're aware of other life and we are able to repair their systems i think this would be an okay and not a breach of the prime directive but the protocol was iffy especially just dealing with the borg of like please don't send over away teams to ships without any <laughs> research Worf also made such a great point he's like do we have to send the chief engineer yeah we have a whole cast of people including gomez who made a another whole expendable cast yeah. yeah like they also need a lot of training He's got stuff to do. Let's send over someone that's important. Joy's like, or Bragger's like, well, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Well, they send Jordy over. And I mean, Jordy is uh, a great guy and he is very helpful. But like, this condescension still kind of exists throughout the beginning. And so I think this is what I was saying earlier is like, this is the TV line of like, we're trying to set them up as uh, not threatening so mm. much so that when they become a threat, it's a real twist. It's the, the theme, again, of the Federation being complacent and overlooking the small things because they think they're impervious yeah. to everything. Yeah. You know that something bad is going to happen to Jordy over there because we're warned against it, but I did think that they did a pretty good job. You know that they'll become a threat, but you don't know that they're going to intentionally intentionally become yeah. a threat. You think maybe the ship will malfunction or, or something. Or they'll bumble into it. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so I thought that was well done. Also, I wanted to comment that Troy's makeup is stellar in this episode. Like someone discovered highlighter and under her eyes, it's just so good. It's a very good look. Great observation. They've improved yeah. makeup across the board on this season. Like the first season, she was definitely way too pale for a lot of those mm. shots. And like uh, data also had some weird color issues, but like sure. they've definitely dialed it in and the lighting too, I assume. Uh, yeah. But these guys- They're not caking it on as much, which yes. is yeah. definitely an early issue. We're also watching it in HD. That's what wasn't. I think is something we mentioned more. Like actually real quick in the last episode with the Borg, I also noticed like a lot of the textures of the wall feel like just painted steel plastic. slash plastic. Yeah, and yeah. like you can kind of see that more than you could now. Right. Hey, then, don't look at that. Don't look don't behind look. the curtain. You know what is interesting is that I was like, did Jordy bring a GoPro with him? Because we have very clear shots of yeah. their whole bridge. But it turns out you can just turn their view screen on in reverse and hack it uh, until they put their shields up, I guess. Yep. Sure. Yeah, why not? I mean, they're, they're, they have super inferior technology. I mean, I'm sure we can just hack into someone's signal. It's not yeah. insane, all right? Fair enough. <laughs> can you make our ship go? Yeah. <laughs> What's the thing is like, uh, they they are a cool as an alien species. I was I was trying to say is like we can only summarize them as dim, right? But like they are a byproduct of what would happen in a galaxy that has a lot of different levels of technology crisscrossing the universe all the time, right? Is there would sure. be a species that, as you accurately said, Becca, advanced before they evolved, mm -hmm. and so this is kind of the outcome of that. And so I I I'm glad we kind of explored these potent this potential. It's kind of a weird way to do it, but whatever. It seems like you know humans also advanced before their potential yeah. because they got into space and then. And it was like, and here's all this other stuff thrown at you, warp speed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But these specific people, someone must have come to their planet and given them a spaceship for, for them mm -hmm. to go inside and start pushing buttons and get it in space and yeah. start stealing stuff. And you can tell that it might have been Klingon, Romulan, because they have all these different parts that are taken from other technologies. Boy, I would love to have seen how, how pissed the Klingons would have been when they pulled this trick on them. Like, yeah. how did they do this with everybody else, much less do this with the Enterprise? Yeah, right? well, that wouldn't have worked because the Klingons would have just blown them up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they got it somehow. The Klingon engineer that was beamed over there would have been <laughs> yeah. like, yes, kill us! This yeah. is honor! <laughs> <In battle! laughs> 
Troy, that's when Troy comes in and tells us, hey, you're an idiot. You need to call me before you just send somebody over to help. Yeah. Because these guys are up to no good. They're trying to hood- hoodwink you, as it were. I imagine she was sitting in her quarters and she got the feeling that, like, someone was being treacherous on the other ship. She's like, okay, well, they're not going to just send somebody over there. I don't need to, like, run to the bridge. Wait. Right. Somebody's missing. Wait, they're going confident over there. God damn it, Riker. And it just gets up and, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, gets <laughs> And I liked the way that she phrased it, that she was like, our chief engineer, Jordy, is over there. Because she can't right. jump the hierarchy and say, why would you do this? Yeah. I, idiot. I really wanted Worf to be like, yep. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. totally did with his face. His grimace went from regular grimace yeah. to like slightly more I told you so yes. grimace. And I love that shot. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. one of the times where I'm like, Worf told you. And Worf is constantly giving advice that we always ignore. And yep. generally, he's actually kind of right. Yeah, like he's, always. He's overly cautious a lot as the security officer. He's always like, let's D up, right? And that is his job. And so sometimes yeah. it's it's not warranted. But like every time it is, we should always be turning back to Worf and be like, hey, but I'm sorry. We yeah. should take you more seriously. <laughs> That's my no. bad. He what never was gets the an recent apology. episode where um, him and Pulaski were at odds about how hardline they should be about the prime directive? Uh-huh. And Worf was like, it's a hard and fast rule. You can't violate it. And Pulaski was like, everything has nuance. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Pulaski. Pink house. Oh, that's the impersonation you do. I hear it now. That was flawless Pulaski. Jake, when you understand the nuances of impersonation, you will understand, too, that my Margaret Thatcher is impeccable, even though she was a super evil woman that did nothing for women or really anyone but herself. So uh, that's a plug for The Crown. Season yeah, four. it's a great show. I started it season four. I ended it season four. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll start that podcast next week. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. See you there. <laughs> to boldly crown. So meanwhile, though, it's uh, over a birthing that's a birthing podcast. show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of Borg babies. <laughs> ah, to boldly crown. Uh Meanwhile, there is a long road trip happening with Wesley. A great and acting Picard. monologue. <laughs> a great acting okay. monologue. Oh, you mean Picard's story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a lot of uh, names and places to remember in that monologue. Hey, I know I'm poking a lot of plot holes today, but why didn't they just drop them off at the starbase? Why they make Picard and Wesley get into a tiny little star cruiser? That any asteroid could have blown up and travel six hours. Because they were going the wrong way. They were going, yeah. There was like they were heading with towards warp, this. Two minutes. I I agree with you, Becca. Flat out, you're right. I thought the exact same thing. I my rationale for it, which I think they mentioned, is they're heading towards this solar thing they were going to go study, and right. then after they left, then they got the call to go to the other place to go help and- that ship. Originally, it was just Wesley going, so he was supposed to be by himself, probably piloting this thing uh, to go take an academy test. And then all of a sudden, Picard is like, "Oh, I'm going too!" And that you can visibly see everyone being like, "What? Why?" I also like that it's like a six-hour uh, ride, and like Picard takes three very thick classic novels with him when he packs <laughs> yeah. his oh, bag. Speed reader. Like, okay, Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, uh, it's like, what are you doing? You're not going to read all that. And this he is a lesson in acting charged. right here. Uh, a book, when read on screen, may never be closed with two hands. It must always be snapped shut with one hand. And never on a line. 
Yeah, never. Uh, reading a hardcover book, anytime I close it, I want to snap it shut. It's the most satisfying feeling ever. Here's the thing. I I said it earlier, but there are a bunch of cues that you would give to an actor who had to have a bunch of monologues. You give some food that they can play with or some dishes or something. Oh, fuck. Ah, a, a sandwich that it was replicated with no crusts, I notice. Yeah, I was it's very like English tea like sandwiches. Have we talked about we've talked about my aversion to food uh in, in acting right. scenes. We talked about this recently, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Did you guys the... not see the same problem in <laughs> this scene? Like they were well, chewing so much while they were trying to talk. It was so bothersome to me. I so... love sandwiches, so I did not have this problem. I'm always a fan of eating all the time, especially I literally sandwiches. Made sandwiches and coffee because <laughs> it made me crave it from that scene. <laughs> I'm so impressionable. Like when I see someone eat a sandwich, I want a sandwich, yep. especially in film and television. Yep. Um, you know this because we're empathetic, Xander. But especially <laughs> a cigarette, a beer, a, right. a cocktail, uh, hard drugs. I'm always like, oh, well, now I want that. Right. You say Just food. kidding, mom. Just kidding. I had to escalate the joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to describe yourself as wanting to eat slash consume more, depending on what you see. It's empathetic. I do it's really empathetic. want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was telling Xander before we started recording, it was the most basic bitch little sandwich, too. It was a little <laughs> ham and cheese on white bread. I was like, this isn't an English thing. And like, you Xander was a like, card a basic bitch? Yeah, well, I'm calling his sandwich choice basic because like he's supposed to be drinking Earl Grey tea. And it's like, this is an American thing to have coffee and a really crappy sandwich, like a 1980s oh, yeah, where's mom sandwich. Oh, where's Earl Grey? Yeah. No, Hot. no, no. Which coffee is a smarter choice on a, on a road trip. But like the sandwiches, I'm like, this is... One of the most cultured men on the ship, and he's given us ham and cheese in triangle I slices? I think it's like an English high tea sort of like finger like sandwiches. Where are them I crumpets? there was mayonnaise and eggs in there. This could also be Picard, <laughs> Picard being like, I know what kids like, sandwiches. <laughs> he just offers them a lollipop because he doesn't know better. Yeah, Here, child. He's a- you want a cake pop? Wesley says... Everybody knows you don't like kids, but Wesley's an adult at this point. He's like he 17. considers himself a kid, though, like or at and least the writers treat him like a kid. Yeah. Like if you're not if you're not wearing a full on uniform or like 18, I guess you are still mm. a KID. Like it, that's the way it goes. Mm. Even though he's so in control with women, <laughs> I know. so in control. I got no problem that's with that. That's what Wesley said. Yeah, <laughs> which I but love that's... that Picard didn't call him out on that. He's like, no. Yeah, okay. You, you okay, remember that whole Romeo boy. Juliet situation yeah. where you met the girl who's supposed to become a princess of the light and the dark sides of her moon or whatever? Yeah. And you, you were couldn't not tell she smooth. was a monster underneath all that? <laughs> <laughs> but she that's was... such like a, a teenage nerdy boy thing, too, of like, well, that will never be a problem for me. Trust me. Because <laughs> you know what <laughs> you happened know what I mean? is like he had one girl who had a crush on him and like he totally that handled it. it really well. But that framed his entire, yeah, his entire understanding of women. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can someone please reenact all of Picard's speech about why he has a heart condition? Well, we'll get to see it later on. Yes. Maybe some flashbacks. There's a reenactment of it in some mm-hmm. way, isn't there, in a future episode? Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember this. What? So Picard tells this story about, I won't reenact it because I please can't. Please do. <laughs> do the whole I monologue? nicely. <laughs> Well, you, you're the impressionist. Let's hear it from you. Ooh. <laughs> On far space star base, Earhart. Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, 
No, well, I, uh, me and some hooligans, we were mm. in the academy and we went to Bonestell Recreation Facility to hobnob with the galactic riffraff that wanted a <laughs> confrontation. Most others knew not to get into said confrontation, but I was brazen and bold and I started a fight from with three necessarians nausicans nausicans hey, necessarians are great yeah, yeah. it's necessary for my the story. narcissism and their narcissians <laughs> whatever confronted and i had them vested too would you like another sandwich <laughs> i'm a child uh, and i love sandwiches papa please give me another <laughs> indeed you woman smith wait ladies man <laughs> i'm the chosen one <laughs> Order of uh, women's hearts. Anyway, yeah. I had the three of them bested until one of them impaled me in the back with a shard of metal. And as I saw the serrated metal sticking out of my chest, I, I gained laughed a new cake. out loud. It, it didn't even hurt. I did indeed gain that kink that day. And ever <laughs> since, I've been very closeted about my heart kink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes hey, now. Hey, great job! That was that was like ninety percent word for word. I think. Yeah. Thank you. Great. I think this is why he hates children is because he was such an arrogant asshole as a kid. Mm. So now we know he thinks all kids are as arrogant of assholes as he once was. Mm. Boy, did and they he should love all sandwiches. be impaled in the heart to learn their lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a brutal backstory! Like that's a very mm. sudden thing. It's like, oh, I was stabbed through the chest. And, and I, I would yeah. be dead in another time period. And it wasn't even that it was a painful experience. It was a shocking experience. And I laughed when it happened. It was kind of like maddening a little bit. That's crazy. I relate. One time I stepped on a nail and it went in my <laughs> heel. And it, your your body, when there's Ooh. adrenaline rushing through, yeah. you honestly don't even feel pain. Yeah. You just feel a rush. Shock. Now, it didn't hit my bone, which I was told <laughs> I would have felt pain had it done that. It just... uh. They just yanked it out and it was cool. <sighs> Went to Comic Con. <laughs> it's crazy oh how it's crazy how both Xander and I like our shoulders are like freaking out because we're. Like, I did that too. I know, I know. I'll find the picture. Don't worry. The nuance of that. No, that's good. Oh, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and this I think this draws this incident uh, is the biggest distinction between Kirk and Picard as captains because. Kirk is a captain that will rush in, has never really been burned. Um, he's gotten into trouble and he's gotten a little telling off, but he's never really been, uh, he doesn't start off as like damaged in some way. And Picard comes at this with an, an older perspective and from someone who is early on in his life experienced how short life could be uh, and why the, his captaincy is so different. Captaincy? Mm. Good word. Uh, yeah, it's it's also like Kirk's <clears throat> kind of the guy who will, uh, I guess, ignore the rules, whereas mm-hmm. Picard um, will try to understand and adapt to them. I don't know if I'm yeah. going to commit to that uh, as my permanent analysis of those two, but like, it definitely feels that way with the Kobayashi Maru of like Kirk's mm-hmm. like, this isn't how There's I no want to play. Right, yeah. whereas Picard's like, I've played this way before and lost and I've learned from it, and so I'm going to apply what I've learned. The biggest thing you can commit no wrong moves and still fail. Yes, yeah. Don't worry, I found it. Okay, trigger warning. Oh God. Oh, that's not so bad. <gasps> Damn, that went in deep. Tell me about it. Roofing nail. 
Why oh, Why did you do that? Yeah. Uh, Into it? Yeah. Uh, trying out new kinks. Turns <laughs> out, Im- impalation, not my thing. I'll never uh, be a captain. It's good to know, though. Yeah. Just cross uh, it off the list. I was, I was playing fetch with the dog in the backyard. We had just gotten our roof redone, and there were <sighs> roofing nails. Typically... The roofers Point have up. this big magnet they walk around with and pick up the nails that have fallen, and they did not find this one. Yeah. Well, you did. I did. <laughs> you anyway. are the magnet. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, really quick before we move on from the shuttlecraft trip, you guys understand fully what I'm saying with the sandwiches, right? Like there's so much chewing in this scene. Like there would is. you rather do this monologue without a sandwich? Yes, right? I don't know. Nope, it strongly disagree. I love a sandwich. I like, you know. I don't mind it as much. Acting's always better with a prop. That's what I think. Not in your mouth. Not when you're swallowing. Like, (laughs) but here's the thing. Let me tell you about my favorite movie. They have to pause their rhythm constantly to chew slash swallow. Both of them. But that's part of the rhythm when Patrick Stewart's doing it. I think Will tries to, but you can see this poetry of interrupting a thought with chewing and having to consider your words before saying them out. I don't know. There's some something relatable about it i agree with the prop thing i 100 percent agree with the prop thing it's nice to have something to hold slash indicate whatever but when Mm. it's impeding the one thing you use to speak with because we humans are built with our airway (laughs) and our mouth or and our uh (laughs) consumption portal (laughs) in the same spot right right? Hmm. uh we're just limited in that way and i think food is just always the wrong choice because it's always going to slow things down and create that pause as opposed to you earning that pause so like your example xander i think is like if that contemplative nature was justified within them actually thinking about it as opposed to thinking about it while chewing yeah uh that feels heavy idea for an alien species two mouths one for chewing one for talking best great i mean look at dolphins that we got we got them here like it's like some some what well i mean not for talking but for breathing (laughs) right they breathe out of their blowholes right Mm. and they eat in their mouths it's a much better way they don't I mean, they choke up there, but they don't choke right in here. No I got that gone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Boom. Speaking of bombs of wisdom, Jake, how about you just open your mind to the past, art, history, philosophy, Mm. and then all this may mean something. That's line. That's line. It was a good line. I like it was genuinely moving. Mm-hmm. Because Wesley never read the book that Picard gave him. Yeah, don't know when that happened, but wow, your captain gives you a book, you read it. Was it James Blake? Time. It's nice. It's nice to have a character that does just like doesn't just live in the future and is only of the future, right? He's like, there's plenty of lessons we can learn from the past, and Picard specifically learns stuff from our past the viewers past like he doesn't they actually did reference he's like this would have been like a 22nd century flight am i right but like they rarely do this stuff in between now and then they do Mm. stuff in our history like he references dickens and Holmes and other stuff uh much older uh literature as well and that's nice to have uh it's Mm. nice to have doesn't give us much to look forward to in the next several hundred years (laughs) yeah it's it's a dead literature era for the next couple hundred years i guess yeah but uh I would say that Patrick Stewart as a person also does that by the way that I have seen him tell Shakespeare changed mm-hmm. my life. Oh, mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned this before, but like he does a play. I think he used to do it every year. I doubt he does it anymore where he does a one man Christmas carol by himself oh. and he's memorized the entire play. Sure. And he'll do all Not the characters. Surprising. It's crazy. 
Well, during quarantine, he did a sonnet reading a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah, cool. he's old school. He's wonderfully old school. Yeah. Well, and also, I feel like this relationship could have sparked a lot of conversations between parents and kids who might have been watching the show and have similar mindsets. There's always that older versus the younger attitude of like, well, I'm a very bright young person, so I know better than you do. I don't need to look in the past. And then the older person saying, hold on, I mm -hmm. get it. I understand where you're coming mm -hmm. from. I was there too. Here's what I can offer you for as far as wisdom. Well, spe speaking of offering wisdom, <laughs> that's the segue I was going to do. Back to Jordy and the Dum Dums, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jordy and the Dum Dums. New album out this fall. Um, mm -hmm. So Jordy fixes their issue, and they're like, well, we don't really want you to leave, so you're not going to. And grab his weapon or have a weapon on him. I can't remember. Oh how that no! Works. Now the power's yeah, he out. He has to do a second, a <laughs> uh, whole power on the ship malfunction, and right. then he grabs his phaser. The lead dum dum grabs Jordy's favorite phaser off his belt favorite and phaser. shoots Jordy with his favorite phaser. Yeah. Pheasant Jordy has plucker. a very slow reaction to it too. He's yeah. like, "What? My f oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I was upset that when Deanna Troy came into the bridge and said, "This is crazy. Mm. They are up to something," mm. and they call him, they're like, "Jordy, you cool?" And he says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good here. Why didn't they just send Worf over to just stand guard, hold the phaser, you know, hand on phaser?" And you know, it be would security. Be one thing yeah. If it was Picard ignoring Troy, but the double betrayal of Riker ignoring Troy when she's saying, There's something wrong, listen to me. And he's like, Nah. And it's like, You know better than that. You know Troy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were on guard and they were exchanging looks, but they were like, Well, what can we do? Send mm. him back up. Send yep. him someone to be literally watching his back as he's inside of a cupboard adjusting wires but they got like shields up does. at some point right and so like they couldn't transport people back like they couldn't That's rescue jordy at some point but they hadn't shown their hand at that point yeah yeah but when they did boy did they phase the crap out of jordy again like again? that so shot rude. like the, he flew back against the bulkhead <laughs> yeah. and they're just like what are you gonna do now it's like holy god <laughs> and like now, that was then he said we have a copier machine, a replicator. <laughs> and then the dum-dum hands Jordy the phaser he'd just stolen and says, copy it. But then, yeah. so you handed Jordy the phaser. Why didn't he He's a dum-dum. <laughs> well, Jordy was the dum-dum in that yes. situation. Yes. Because yeah. he, he was like, use our replicator that we have and don't know how to use to replicate this phaser I stole from you. Here's your phaser back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Questionable I'm, choices. All cut away. Yeah. Cut away. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Jordy, uh, Jordy, like, eventually starts to try and, like, uh, reason with them, which fails. And so the uh, the crew of the Enterprise needs to create a deception. Um, they do, like, Rikers 8. Like, a ruse. <laughs> I know, right? Do we must create a, a deception. <laughs> what a heavy-handed ruse it ended up being, too. But now yeah. we are dealing with, a, with, like, a ship full of dum-dums. But, like, they, they were very much, like, at weapons control, Jordy, I will miss seeing yeah. you there. <laughs> When we blow you up, we're gonna kill you. We don't care. Like I still feel if I'm I was Jordy, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't quite understand what they were getting. I would get there trying to tell me something, but I'd be like, "What do they want me to do? Yeah, they yeah. leave me here. Like, weapons. What? Did I blow up twenty four. Like as clear what? as they were that they were being, um, like deceptive they, were they weren't clear yeah, as to yeah. what they were telling him to do in my opinion right. at least but Jordy right. figured I it out. I still don't know what the twenty four was. 
And then later they just counted down from 24. <laughs> that was, they were giving him the time to arm and disarm things. It was That's a window of time for him to set up on the other side when to disable their photon torpedoes, right? Because normally it wouldn't be that long. It would be like an instant fire and it fires. But they gave him and they told him how long he would have in between this We thing will and the fire other thing. in 24 seconds yeah. and count down loudly from 24 on your view screen, dum dums, yeah. <laughs> before we shoot I you. I mean, I feel like if they're this, if they're. Yeah, if they don't figure this out, they, Jordy could just be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go run to the ship and get one of my wrenches to fix this. I'll be right back. And then beams off, and they're like, wait yeah. a second. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that is kind of how it ended. Cause, so what happened was they just like shot a red mist that was a visual effect that our girl Sonya put out. And uh, yeah. and and then and then the they were like, oh, we did that to disrupt your weapon system that Jordy just gave you. And then mm-hmm. the Dum Dums are like, oh, we're too dumb. Shields down. But yep. Jordy didn't control the shields at that point. The shields were still up. They were so disheartened that they decided to let Jordy go. Yep, that is critting on an intimidation check. Yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just if, want you get, if you roll a nat 20, you do get to beam off the ship. That's true. I just want to read like Riker's mission log back to Picard of like <laughs> what he was doing while they were gone. <laughs> so you got heart surgery, right? Oh, let's talk about that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I want to go back to what you did when not listening to any of your senior staff and you lost yeah. one on another ship full of dum-dums. Uh, Troy also made the keen observation, Jordy is frightened. And uh, Riker says, we all are. I really wanted her to be like, actually, sir, no, you are not. Uh, I'm sensing a feeling of arrogance because you've started your plan because you think you're going to trick them. And Uh, and you actually give zero fucks about Jordy is what I'm sensing. And a a hint of... Horniness? Is that and horniness. I taste the, <laughs> the horniness. The taste. The fact that you clucked your tongue. It's not in the air. It's <laughs> we don't know Gross. how she perceives these things. It might it's be a taste for her. Betazoid magic. Oh, my God. If that's what how her, her, her empathy works is through taste, she's like, oh, ah, They're oh. up to something awful. <laughs> the dum-dums are all horny. That's not what I want to smell. Um, okay. Yeah. So back... <laughs> On Starbase 515, we uh, have Wesley make sure that Picard gets to his surgery. Which Wesley's is a cute been, little... I liked that part, too. It's like This is very much like a parent making a kid do a thing. And I, I also like the, the, the comment that um, Wesley gives uh, to Picard in the shuttlecraft, which is like, you know, it's too bad. You would have you made a good father. And that kind of yeah. comes out of nowhere because he – I mean, it doesn't come out of nowhere because Wesley obviously looks up to him. But Picard mm-hmm. doesn't quite address it too much. He's like – Thank you. And like runs away from that comment, which I yep. love. When that. really the comment was, you would have made a great surrogate father to me yes. who grew up without a father. Will you be my father, please? Yes. <laughs> because then he says a line that becomes like a, a catchphrase for him, but the, not in the full phrasing of something along the lines of wishing something doesn't make it so. Mm-hmm. And then we, yeah. I wish that he had, there was an ellipsis and he was like, wishing something does not make, make it so. It so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Catchphrase. Is that how he means it all the time? Who knows? Who hey, knows? but then there's a touching moment where Wesley says on the planet, on the starbase, uh, I really enjoyed our time together. And Picard's all, I did too. You guys have a whole round trip back as far as you know. <laughs> right? 
Duncan wishes nice thing here. to say. <laughs> well, it could be the last time that he's seen Picard. Ooh. He is going in for heart surgery, Ooh. and he's the only one that knows that. Yeah. But it's a routine procedure. Mm-hmm. We should be in time for dinner. There's also an okay, assumption so the Enterprise might pick him up, too. Who knows? We got to yeah. describe the surgery theater where mm. everyone wears red gowns and caps, including the patient. So I guess if it's spurting blood everywhere, it's... It still goes with your outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, this is just for human patients. When they have Vulcans, it's all blue. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, a neural caliper is a little stickum that goes on your forehead and makes is the no, new anesthesia. Anesthesia. Yeah. There was yeah. a whole buttload of medical technobabble that that poor actor day player had to memorize. Yeah. I wrote, where will we ever find an actor that not only looks good in red, but can combine medical babble with technobabble, which he <laughs> Just, surely did. It was a lot. I couldn't, I normally like to parse out technobabble. That one I'm like, I don't want to. That one you had to call the biomolecular physiologist? <laughs> yep. I know just who to call. I will say in medical scenes on TV at this time, too, it did tend to get very jargon heavy. And that's the way they make yeah. it feel like everybody's a specialist and a professional. So, like, they did very right. much emulated that the same way. To the credit of the uh, the red surgery gowns, this actually reminded me of mm. another 80s uh surgery thing which is a very disturbing david cronenberg film have you guys ever seen dead ringers Mm -mm. it's a it's a horror film psychological horror which uh i can't recommend everybody although i enjoyed it but it's a trip but jeremy irons plays i've I've heard cronenberg is not for everyone no it's not Mm -hmm. uh but cronenberg uh jeremy irons plays identical twins that are uh i believe gynecologists but in the surgery scenes that they have they're wearing the exact same red things that you see here i mean like Picture for picture. In fact, I'll put a I'll put a link to a very Same clean studio. surgery picture here on the mm, just found him in the closet description. Yeah, I'll put it here in our <laughs> private chat so you guys can see. That might not be wrong. That's what I think. I think actually they were thinking about changing to red because blue was surgery garb for a lot of medical professions. Probably still is now, but like red made more sense. I don't know, but like it's not mm-hmm. like you're gonna reuse surgical garb. So like I don't think stains were an issue. But you'll see that this is uh, Dead Ringers was made in '88, and man, these surgeons look exactly dressed the same way as they did in mm-hmm. the episode. Also, at the end. Uh, Becca, did you expect it to be Pulaski? Because it would have been a great time to bring back Gates and had Crusher. Oh, that would have been epic. Right, especially if Wesley had been there on the Starbase too. Like That would have been amazing. Yeah. I was screaming, we know Pulaski's the only one that can do it. Bring her in here already. Go save him. And then they do this slow push in and move around. And I think they chose (sighs) these outfits covering the back of the head specifically Mm -hmm. so you wouldn't recognize Pulaski's hair for their little trick of the camera at the end. That sounds right. What are you doing here? What the hell are you doing here? Everyone (laughs) knows my secret. Uh oh. That yeah, you have. Yeah, you should a just stay on the ship. <laughs> You'll never get those six hours back. But at least you and Wesley had the sandwiches. At least they'll always have the sandwiches. Yeah, well, thank we, you. We get Jordy back. We get Picard in okay shape, and uh, Wesley technically passes his exam enough to still keep on tour. So everything's hunky dory in the end. Yeah, they get back on the bridge and they do an awkward clap for Picard coming back. And then they're like, oh, no, maybe that was for Wesley. Silence yeah, right. with a look. It was yeah. uh, daggers Pissed. that he stared in each of them. 
It's like a, it like the clapping is like you survived. <laughs> right. Don't celebrate that. <laughs> Quick four hour recovery though, till he's back on his feet. Pretty good. For right a brand from new heart. heart surgery. It's heart the image, baby. Picard is invincible. He is. Oh, he was. What is it? Did they say like excellent Ex- physical? Exquisite? Yeah, extraordinary, extraordinary physical shape or something. Extraordinary <laughs> physical condition. Which like in in future utopia must be what everybody is. So if everybody's extraordinary, is anyone ordinary? Besides the dum-dums, I guess. Right. Yeah. Definitely not the dum-dums. <laughs> to the well, dum-dums. Uh, next week, we'll find out if we have uh, more dum-dums i don't know <laughs> that's a weird segue. oh also really good that, segue <laughs> to bring that around uh for people that have been watching lower decks there is an appearance of this species that makes a sort of fun. really yeah oh that's great they so should awesome. the, the lower deck should always be cameoing these one-off choices that they early star trek do, made. that's a great choice it's so good they do a whole episode that's like one-offs that they're that's all good. gathered together yeah that's awesome it's great uh, but next week, we're going up the long ladder with the episode, Up the Long Ladder. The <laughs> Enterprise discovers two threatened colonies, which must cooperate to survive. Did you write that little segue ahead of time? The, the ladder thing? No. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, it was nice. <laughs> just off the top of the dome? You didn't even check with your writer's room? I just wow. re-said the title twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> Well, let's get into Shuttle Bay 2, the only Shuttle Bay we only ever use, uh, and set course for next week's episode. Engage! Engage.